Hello, hello everyone. It's Gabrielle from A Step Ahead Tutoring Services. We are at episode nine. This is awesome. And I wanted to welcome you to episode nine of Hot Topics. So Hot Topics is where we talk about education, employment, finance, psychology, physical health, mental health, anything else that's steamy. And today we're going to talk about empowering, empowering, I have to say that word slowly, empowering our educators. And I have a guest with me who is going to help me out with that. And her name is Carrie Myers. So let me tell you a little bit about her. So Carrie Myers is passionate about inspiring educators to invest in themselves. After spending 13 years as a classroom teacher, Carrie started empower, Empowering Educator. That's the name of her company, Empowering Educator, a virtual soul-centered empathetic solution for educational and emotional support. Her goal is to create communities of care to help educators make real progress toward their goals of advancement, fulfillment, and balance. She intends to support educators through individual and group sessions so that they model positive qualities for their learners. It is her most fervent wish that educators receive the respect, space, and coaching they need so that education once more becomes synonymous with joy. Ms. Myers, welcome to Hot Topics. How are you today? Hi, Gabrielle. Thanks so much for having me. I'm doing great. I'm super excited to be on your show and to talk a little bit about what I hope to do. Awesome. So let's get right to it. So you have an interesting take on empower, ugh, I have to say this first slowly, empowering educators. Please, please share with us your, your take. Sure. So as a classroom educator for the past 13 years, I've been in various schools that have had different levels of support for educators. And I found that I was most supported when I had really great systems in place of mentors and teams that were just there for me to bounce ideas off of, to do professional development with, and to brainstorm. And over the past year and a half with the pandemic, it's become pretty clear that educators have just been left behind to sort of fend for themselves. And record numbers of teachers are dropping out of the profession because of the pandemic. And what I'd like to do is to create virtual spaces where teachers can come together, they can talk about the joys of their classroom, the things that are going well, the progress that they're making, and that they can use these virtual communities of care to uplift and support one another. So that way teachers stay in the classroom, they have better balance in their lives. So they're setting boundaries between their home lives and their professional lives. And they're really modeling for their learners what it is to show up as a joy-filled, fulfilled individual in the classroom. So what do you think that's happening that's causing teachers to drop out, well, I won't say drop out, uh, to, um, to resign at such alarming rates? 
There's a lot of different reasons. Some of it is the just lack of support from administration, which can also be from a lack of funding, whether that's to a private or a public institution. Um, teachers need resources and education is often the first thing that gets cut from any sort of bill that has any spending in it. I also think that teachers have this mindset of this like martyr mentality where they feel like they always need to go above and beyond and do everything perfectly. And that's just not sustainable. So people are finding that they're burning out a lot more quickly, which obviously leads to an untenable long-term career. And I would say personally, just setting boundaries between my professional life and my personal life from day one as an educator really helped me have a great 13-year career. It just was time for me to sort of shift into a position of helping other teachers to regain that balance so that way they can stay in the profession because we need those passionate teachers in the classroom. And with these record numbers of people dropping out, you know, you're worried about the long-term um, consequences on education. So what, what strategies do you implement? What do you, what do you teach teachers? What do you show them? What strategies do you use? I'm still in sort of beta testing some different ideas for my business. So my first um, iteration was to give teachers a chance to kind of connect back in with themselves as to why they got into education in the first place. Who was it who supported them to get into education? Who supports them through this career? And it's kind of like a guide back to themselves. This month, I'm working with teachers on setting boundaries, which is the perfect time to do it just before the new school year starts. Um, and again, I, I employ or I give teachers a set of tasks to kind of bring them back to, or give them, put them in a space of reflection to kind of bring them back to the basics. Like, why are they doing it? How are they doing it? And how are they going to get through? Um, I'm also looking at doing some group, group coaching models, um, as well as potentially contracting with schools where I can work with faculties for longer periods of time. Okay. So, so, I feel like, you know, teachers get into the field for the right reasons. They want to make a difference. They want to help kids improve. They want to change their communities, you know, all the, all the dreamy stuff. And, um, and then they get in and reality hits them. Um, you know, they have to deal with deadlines, like their own personal deadlines, but also like the school deadlines and bureaucracy and, and all these things that they have to do and um, testing scores. So I feel like they, they get in for the right reasons and then the kind of the, the things around them just kind of lower their spirits in a way. Absolutely. And that is unfortunately the reality of what the edu educational system has become. It's a lot more about productivity and industrialization and the humanity of it has really kind of been lost. And so I think that the most important thing teachers can do is to create 
any sort of support network that's going to help get them through while they're also working towards bettering themselves. So making sure that they have a life outside of the classroom, they are fulfilling themselves with hobbies and travel and professional development. So that way they're showing up not as these shells of human beings who are just fueled by coffee and you know the promise of a summer vacation that's just not enough to get teachers through anymore so so you said you said the word boundaries a couple times can you talk about that more Absolutely. I mean, our time is the most precious resource we have, right? So if you think about having roughly 16 waking hours in a day, because we all hope that we're sleeping for eight hours a night, but let's be real, that's not usually the case. Um, so if we have roughly 16 working hours in a day, you have to take into account all of those things you have to do, like you mentioned before, you know, you have to plan a certain amount, you have to grade a certain amount, you have to correspond with parents, with administrators, um, you have to do continuing education. So all those are the realities of the work, but it's that feeling of doing the above and beyond all day, every day, that's unsustainable. And so by setting boundaries on your time, you're allowing yourself to structure your classroom so that way you can leave work at work. And the minute you walk out, you know, whether that's 4 p.m. or it's 7 p.m., you get to decide that. But as soon as you flip that switch to being, you know, your home self and your real self, you can leave your teacher shelf self in your classroom. So what do you say to the people that are like, you know, it's hard to stay within an eight to four schedule because they have to make lesson plans and, and they have to grade and, you know, it's like they're working overtime. So what do you say to those people? Yeah, I, again, that is the reality. And because that has been the culture that has been promoted so, so much, that's what you take to being the norm at any school. And yet, as an educator who has been in the classroom for 13 years, I am a testament to the fact that I barely ever brought work home from school. I created my classroom to be a way, or I created my classroom and my approach to educating in a way that was a lot more collaborative and in-class focused. So that way I wasn't focused so much on grading things like homework every single day or classwork every single day, because that's more of a an assessment of productivity and um, like correctness. And I was much more interested in seeing the skills. How are they practicing what we're doing in real life context? So when you shift that mindset, you end up focusing on how kids are doing things and not necessarily what they're doing. It's a, it's a slight shift, but it makes all the difference for being able to create a classroom environment where kids are working on producing things, using the skills you've taught them, whether, you know, my, my specialty was French, so I'm always thinking about reading, writing, speaking, and listening skills, but you can apply this to science where you're talking about, you know, investigating and hypothesizing and predicting and all sorts of different, um, you know, skills that go into that. And if you focus on that, then you're not so much just checking off things in a grade book, you're doing fewer things that are going to give you more information about your learners. And then, like I said, you can kind of leave it at school because they're not for forced to do so much outside of the classroom, nor are you.
That's interesting. So you mentioned before about burnout. What does that look like in a teacher? What are the signs? I mean, have you ever seen a teacher? Like we're walking burnouts all over the place. You know, I always told my friends that when I met them for the first time, I'd say, okay, for nine months of the year, I turn into teacher Carrie, which means that like I'm once a month. Um, oh, I think my... Okay. <laughs> uh, like I might see you once a month because I'm just exhausted to do too exhausted to do anything else throughout the year. And then over the summer, I get to be summer carry where like, I have this energy and I have this time and I have the, um, you know, spoons to, to engage with people in a different way. Um, so I think for, you know, nine to 10 months of the year, most teachers are just you know, wake up at ungodly hours. I know most teachers wake up before 6 a.m. You do whatever it is you need to get ready in the morning. You get to work early because we always need to, you know, worry about the copy machines or worry about the internet or worry about, you know, subbing for someone who else might be out. Um, and then, you know, like you mentioned, grading and contacting parents and stuff. So then you're not leaving until seven at night. So you're spending 12 hours of the day at school. You come home, you might eat something, watch something, uh, you know, on your couch and then go to bed for possibly six hours. And then you rinse and repeat. There's no room for joy in that kind of a schedule. There's no room for self-advancement and fulfillment. And my, you know my call to every educator is to think about what it would look like to leave work at work and to still be able to do something that brings you joy at home so that way when you come to school you look happy to be there and you don't look like this yeah caffeine ridden sleep deprived overworked person that we tend to be so just to recap right so in terms of things to things to look for when there's a problem. Uh, so overexhausted, they may feel irritable, maybe apathetic. Um, they're not putting as much energy into things that they used to. There's a, there's a shift in mood, uh, a shift in behavior. Like you're not as excited, joyful. You're just feeling miserable, hopeless. And the kids sense that. I mean, if you've ever been in a classroom too, like, you know, if something happened at lunch just before the kids come into class, right? Like there's that charged energy and you know that there could have been some kind of an altercation. Oftentimes teachers will just barrel through that and be like, but I got to get through what I need to get through. And we're not leaving the humanity of we all can have bad days and we all can take breaks when we need to. And we all can ask for time when we need to. Um, I think really teaching and modeling emotional regulation and boundaries for students kind of will stop perpetuating this cycle of burnout because kids are now over scheduled, you know, to the max doing all these different things after school, and they've lost the ability for imagination and creativity and play. And what would it look like if you gave kids the chance to be kids outside of the classroom and you gave teachers the chance to be, you know, people outside of the classroom? And then all that you're focused on when you're in the classroom is that curiosity, that joy, 
joy and that safe space to explore and make mistakes. You know, too much with burnout, we are short with our students and they don't deserve that because they don't understand that it's not their fault that their teacher's feeling that way. It's all of these other systems in place that are not allowing a teacher to really be a human. Hmm. So kids pick up on that energy and energy feeds on other energy. So, and we as human beings, we feed off of each other. So if you're miserable and miserable and irritable and you don't feel to be there anymore, you know, the students pick up on that and they themselves act the same way too. You know, they're also miserable and irritable and don't want to be there anymore. Yeah, I mean, you talk to any school age kid who's thinking about going back to school, you probably get 50-50, right? Like some kids are so excited. They love their teachers. They can't wait to see their friends. They are ready to learn new things. And other kids who just drag their feet and they dread it because they understand that they've lost a certain amount of freedom. They lose a certain amount of opportunities for imagination that just really aren't the, the the modern day classroom usually isn't conducive to a place of imagination which is really sad because the two of them should go hand in hand you know education and imagination and curiosity and joy should all be intertwined in the classroom and it just hasn't been a priority for decades <clears throat> so what about, what do you say to the people who may say like, why are you putting so much, why are you putting, why are you putting so much on the teachers? Like, why can't you put more energy into changing the system or, or I don't want to say like, or encouraging parents to be more helpful? Like, why are you putting so much, why, why is it only the teachers? Why are you putting so much on them? Right. So unfortunately, the world in which we live is ruled by people who don't necessarily have other people's best interests at heart. And I am not very hopeful that and on like a wide systemic level, there will ever be you know, massive change. What I do believe is that incrementally in one classroom, in one school district, you can make a change in that community. And then that has a ripple effect outwards, right? Like if you think about your experience, potentially Gabrielle, in your schooling, you might have a teacher who you connected with so, so like deeply and fondly. And it's because that teacher allowed you to express something or explore something that you were really interested in. And that is the role of teachers like at the core. All of the other things that are kind of keeping teachers in that industrialized mindset um, are ingrained. And I just really don't have any faith that anything can change on a big level. But I believe that those small moments of connection between, you know, educator and learner, those small communities that can be built between parents and educators, um, between administration and educators within the school communities, that is going to have a bigger impact on lives for the long run. Um, and, and when I, the, the way you phrase that is interesting to like put it on the educators, I really want educators to buy into the fact that they deserve more than being sort of the, the armpit of society and for sort of being, um, in a profession that isn't respected, right? You know, teachers go through 
a ton of schooling and a ton of credentialing and various things that you know doctors and lawyers and other people have to go through and yet we make a fraction of the money and we earn a fraction of the respect and it's just time for us to be able to stand in our own power and say i'm not a robot i am someone who is a thinking feeling human being and i'm doing that so that your child succeeds and in order to do that to the best of my ability, I need to have systems in place of support and I need to have boundaries in place so that way I'm protecting my energy so I show up as a fulfilled human being and I'm modeling that to the students. Right. So some things to, again, to reiterate, so setting boundaries, it's leave schoolwork at school and, and well, um, I'm just about how to phrase it. So home is home, school is school, right? So kind of keeping the work at the school and not bringing anything home. So that's one way to to empower educators is 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 limiting yourself. That's basically what you're saying, right? For sure. And I think too often, you know, teachers are kind of put on a pedestal of society, right? You know, you, you sign a contract with a school and you're essentially a representative of that school, right? So on your weekends, you have to think about what you're doing. And, you know, if you were to run into parents and students, you want to make sure that you are still someone who represents the school well. And I think that that makes a lot of teachers feel like they need to lead, lead these like nun-like existences where they're just these holier-than-thou people because they need to be the perfect model for their students. And that's just an unrealistic expectation to set up that you're going to be perfect all the time because we're human and we need to leave room for error. We need to leave room for mistakes so that way we can grow as people. And if we are able to explore let's say a you know like i'm a performer i've been a performer for at least four of the years that i was teaching and a lot of my colleagues didn't understand how i could do that and i said well how can you not i mean i've left my work at, at work i want to go and i want to be on stage i've performed um you know community theater i've done improv i've done stand-up and these are other things that fill me up as a human being and then i can come to school and i can talk to my students about the fact that i do these things and they're like wow teachers actually have lives outside of the classroom and that humanity is what has been kind of like lost in that connection between learners and i think it's so important that we show learners that like we are humans and we are we we think and we feel and we exist outside of this classroom um and you can do that too like you should be empowered to do that now that you see that modeled in your teacher awesome awesome so i want to talk about you a little bit um i said in the description that um you've been an educator for for 13 years are you still an educator? I decided to leave the classroom um, for a number of reasons. It's actually been a few years that I've been thinking about leaving the classroom. Um, I made a big move two years ago across the country um, for a teaching job, and I loved the teaching job. Um, I loved the school district. I loved my colleagues. I loved my students. Um, but really, the pandemic was sort of the, the final straw. I just realized that 
the amount of myself that I was losing in devoting as much energy as I was to my students and school, um, it was just something I couldn't do anymore. So my initial thought was to create um, a tutoring program where I would empower students to take back their own power and set boundaries and do all the same things that I'm talking about. And then I had that little voice in the back of my head that said, you know what, Carrie, you actually really want to do this for teachers. So I've been shifting how I'm going to approach this business model, um, not on a daily basis, but I'm constantly researching and looking into different ways to to bring this in a, a approachable, manageable way to teachers and potentially to schools so that um, it ends up being a benefit of remaining in the classroom is that you get to work in this awesome virtual community with other teachers who are going to uplift you. Um, I am babysitting because I still love hanging out with kids. I am going to be tutoring um, and I'm going to be substituting as well because I, I the, the biggest challenge in leaving the classroom was leaving my students. Um, they are the reasons that I want to stay. And it was literally everything else about the job that I just, um, I couldn't keep uh, in my heart in the same way as I used to. So, so you're, you're pretty, you're taking a, a slower schedule now and and you, you brought up the pandemic, that the pandemic did affect your decision. So if this pandemic never happened, would you still be in, would you still be an educator? I believe that I'll always be an educator. I don't ever see myself getting out of the field of education. I've wanted a career in education for a very long time. And I had always kind of envisioned myself in a role of um, professional development support. Um, I did that for eight years at a school where I worked, um, where we were able to fund teachers' wildest dreams to go and learn about volcanoes or go to Thich Han's retreat in southern France or go and study glaciers. Like it was a dream, some of the things these educators were able to do. And I always thought that once I was done in the classroom, I'd transition into a role like that. Um, I still could see that in my um, future at some point, but this just feels like a much better use of my energy and my passions. And honestly, right now is the time to do it. Everyone who I've reached out to, former colleagues and friends who I've reached out to in education, they all say the same thing. This is so necessary in our field right now. I just can't do it because fill in the blank. Um, so I really feel passionate about staying in education because that is where my heart is. Um, and I don't think I'll ever leave the classroom. You know, even if I retire at some age, I still would love to tutor. I'd still love to substitute because like I said, the students are the reason that we do it. Okay, okay. So speaking of the pandemic, how, how do you think the pandemic has affected teachers and in general? How do you think the pandemic has affected teachers and their um, and their? I don't say anything. Well, I'll just say it in general. How do you think the pandemic has affected teachers? 
Overall, negatively, unfortunately, I don't think I've talked to a single teacher who has felt like the transition from in-person to online learning went smoothly. Um, anyone who thought that doing a hybrid or high flex model where you had some kids on Zoom while you were teaching to kids in your classroom was an easy transition. Um, and even teachers right now who are looking to go back into the classroom um, with everything that's happening in the news and cases rising every day, they're still thinking, how are we going to make this school year work so that way it's beneficial um, normally for the students, but it also has to be beneficial for the teachers. And too often, the teachers have been left out of that decision process. They don't get to, to weigh in on what would be best for them. Um, and again, I can't speak for everyone, but just from the people who I have spoken to who have been in these situations um, right now, I believe the most recent statistic is that 44% of teachers say that they would leave in the next year or two because they just can't, they're like, I'll, I'll do it for another year or I'll do it for another two years and then I'm out of here. Um, and we've already seen usually about an 8% loss of um, teachers in the first five years of their teaching. Um, and what that does is it leaves fewer experienced and credentialed teachers in the classroom. So then you have interruptions to curriculum goals, you have uh, lower morale among teachers who have stayed in the classroom, you have repeated professional development and, and districts lose money hand over fist every single year when they're losing educators. On average, urban districts spend $20,000 on every new hire. So Overall, it's been negative for districts. Um, it means that there's going to be fewer credentialed teachers with larger class sizes. Students are going to continue to feel like they're being left behind. And um, the long-term repercussions of this are going to be pretty dire, I think. So how do you empower a teacher given all that, given all that you just said? It comes from within, honestly, a teacher has to look objectively at their entire situation and say, is this something I can keep up with? You know, most teachers just look forward to the Friday happy hour or they look forward to their morning coffee. And those are things to get you through one day and one week at a time. And that's where you start with empowerment is that you look at the reality of your current day-to-day -day situation and you say, okay, What's the thing that's going to get me through today? I believe that that's going to come from community support and empowerment. I believe that's going to come from clearly communicating our needs um, to our administration, to our parents, to our students, um, boundaries on our time and our energy, um, fulfillment in other things that have nothing to do with the classroom, um, and a commitment to say, I want to do this so that I stay in education longer. I want to do this so that my students see what it looks like to be a fulfilled individual who also just happens to educate. Um, so it has to come from within. It has to come from committed daily actions to your own happiness and your own well-being and um, recognizing that change doesn't happen overnight. It is a lifelong process and growth is a lifelong process. And if people are willing to engage in the work, then they can have long-standing, very fulfilling careers. 
So is it safe to say that your goal for your business is for teachers to stay longer at their jobs? 100%. I believe that it is in everyone's best interest to humanize the profession of teaching, to humanize the um, process of learning, um, to kind of get out of this capitalist mindset of production and correctness, and instead really center our classrooms on places for curiosity and joy and, um, you know, a safe place to make mistakes and learn and grow. Um, and only then are we really going to see these transformational ideas take place both with within educators and within their learners. Um, and I think the communities of, uh, you know, whether they're schools or districts or just the educational system at large is going to be benefited as a result of teachers sort of standing in their power. Okay. Okay. That is, oh wait, I just thought of my question. So how do you, how, for your business, how do you measure success? How do you know that your products are working? That's a great question. Um, because I'm still in early stages, I've only gotten a little bit of feedback so far, but the, the feedback I've gotten has been pretty positive where teachers said that they really liked the opportunity to kind of pause and reflect on their own um, teaching styles and sort of why they're doing what they're doing and, and what they use on a day-to-day -day basis to get them through. Um, I lost my train of thought. Remind me of the question. <laughs> oh, the how do I, how do I measure success? Um, I think that when teachers commit to themselves, they're committing to long-term growth. And I believe that every time a teacher shows up as their authentic selves and they're like, hey, I'm I'm really proud of this unit that I created in my classroom. Um, I'd like to just talk about it and have other teachers say, that is amazing. That is an awesome thing that you did. And, and just empowering teachers to kind of brag about themselves because I truly believe that teachers change the world every single day. And I believe that um, we haven't really been taught to laud our successes and to applaud ourselves. We're very, very good at uplifting someone else. Um, so if we can create these virtual communities where teachers are returning and they are participating and they are just recognizing the benefits of of coming together in community to uplift and empower, then there is no choice but to have long-term success in the classroom. Awesome, awesome. All right, so we are just about to wrap it up. So what advice do you have for the teachers viewing right now or anyone viewing right now or maybe new teachers going into the field. So what what advice do you have for them? The first thing I want to say is that you are doing an amazing job. That is something that I don't think we hear often enough. I think that people say thank you a lot, but they don't really know what they're thanking them for. So I'm here to say you're doing an amazing job thinking about your students, thinking about your lesson plans, thinking about interesting activities, giving meaningful feedback, creating communities among your learners. And um, 
just the best thing I can say is find your joy, find your joy in whatever way you can pause and enjoy those moments in the classroom where you have a light bulb moment among, uh, you know, your learners, because that is a reason why we do what we do, or take a moment and savor a connection that you made when a student came to you with a problem or, um, you know, an, an issue that you needed to solve. Um, really uplift and empower your colleagues, create little lunch groups, um, go out with your teacher friends, uh, you know, do like some sort of a vision board or, you know, a shout out place where you can just say, these are, these are the things that we're doing that are amazing. And we want people to know about it because too often you feel like you're an island onto your own, right? You, you are in your own classroom. Potentially you're the only person teaching your specific subject or grade level. And that can feel really isolating. Know that you always have a community to come to and that you are worthy and you are seen and you are heard and you make a bigger impact than you could even imagine. So keep fighting the good fight and do what you can to make it to tomorrow and then the next day and then the next day. Awesome, awesome advice. Well, thank you, Ms. Myers, for, for your time. And thank you for your, your very wonderful words. So, to, to our viewers, Empowering Educators Offering for August is a guided self-paced playlist around setting boundaries for the school year ahead. These reflective and transformative activities can be completed in five to 10 minutes daily leading up to an empowerment session with other educators. So join Carrie on Monday, August 23rd or Monday, August 30th at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. If you sign up with a friend, you both receive a discounted investment. That's awesome. So check out empoweringeducator.as.me for details and upcoming monthly offerings. And you can find you could find Carrie on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter and Instagram. All of this information will be provided to you in the bio. And um, so are your services for teachers or can it be for, for tutors as well? I would say anyone who works in education, I would, I think that with tutoring too, you try to do anything possible to make a little bit of extra money potentially. And that can mean that you're taking on tutoring gigs that aren't as aligned with your values. Um, so I think that kind of reclaiming your own time and your own values to uh, make sure you're only picking people with whom you're in alignment is really necessary too. So tutors, substitutes, educators, even administrators and, you know, people in, in higher up education, professors, TAs, um, we all could benefit from, you know, uplifting each other and empowering each other. Awesome. And you, you heard that everyone. It's not just for teachers, it's for administrators tutors, anyone in the education field, anyone helping someone else, you know, definitely take advantage of those services. So you guys, thank you for watching today. Please don't forget to check out our other clips on our YouTube channel and don't forget to subscribe. 
We are also on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. So please check out our, our other social media. And you can also visit us on our website to learn more about A Step Ahead Tutoring Services at www.astepaheadtutoringservices.com. So thank you guys for watching. Have a wonderful day. And that's it for our episode. Tune in next time. Signing off. Bye.